Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark here with Ryan, as usual. Uh, Ryan, mate, I only have one question for you this afternoon. What's that, mate? Have you got your uh, fire extinguisher ready to go? Mate, I've got two zeros punched into my phone. I'm ready to hit the third when need be. It's uh, <laughs> there's some carnage. We yeah, thought last, last week was just a preview. Yeah, it's carnage and crisis. And this is a very positionally specific carnage as well. Obviously, every wing fullback pretty much is uh, is gone. Well, a lot of the, the popular ones, the two main culprits being Luttrell and Pappenhausen, but also we got to that Momorowski off to the judiciary tonight. Uh, odds on he's going to be suspended. I hope he isn't because he's in my team. And a lot of people without Tessie New as well, no real cover there. So obviously Ben Hampton, everyone that jumped on him last week's laughing all the way to the bank uh, with another good score from him. But, uh, mate, I reckon we just dive straight into these team lists. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's kick it off with uh, Bruce on a Thursday night. Yeah, mate, I'm tired. You know he ruins my week every week when he plays the first game. I'm like, oh, i got to listen. <laughs> listen to all the people mocking me for not buying him. And and I'll tell you what, you're not getting your way and I'm not buying him this week either. You piss off. <laughs> Uh, so Momorowski's actually been named. Obviously, we're expecting him to drop out. And they've also got Dylan Edwards down there in the 21. So, mate, obviously a uh, big clear change here is uh, Crichton to the centres and Dylan Edwards, assuming there's a suspension. Yeah, you'd assume so. Um, probably not too fantasy relevant, but it'd be interesting to see who plays left centre and who plays right, I suppose, mm. with uh, with Burton and Crichton both being left centres. Uh, and obviously the backup plan is if Momorowski gets suspended and Edwards isn't ready to go, they got Robert Jennings there. The other fantasy relevant thing is Mitch Kenny is uh, potentially on his last week this week. Luckily for those that own Kenny, you get to find out in the first game if he's going to be missing. I know there's a few floating around with him. Yeah, Appy lurking in 20s. He looks like a, a a very good buy in a couple of weeks once his break-even levels out and he's dropped a bit of money. Yeah, I've got him sitting on my watch list and in my trade-in planner for about round 10, 11, I think. So, Ooh. yeah, I'm looking at him very closely uh, in an ideal scenario. Maybe they ease him back or something, but I don't think they will. I think he'll just, if he's fit, he'll come in. If he play 80 and if he's not, he's not. Uh, I guess the fantasy relevant items here is... Cleary doing Cleary things. But outside of that, there's not really a lot happening in this Panther side with uh, Momrovsky potentially out. Yeah, just a couple of wait and sees, like with Appy and just, yeah, for those of us without Cleary uh, cursing his name and <laughs> those and those with him are sitting inside the top 5,000. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, mate, I guess we probably should just tackle this now because I'm assuming we're going to get questions about it later. But uh, we're both Momorowski owners. If it's a two-week suspension, we're not moving him, are we? No, I'm definitely beholding. Um, yeah, it, it's in a position that's really hard to fill. He's been one of the very consistent uh, players and in a team like the Panthers. I Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be holding. Um, find another way to, to get cover for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, worst-case scenario, there's a, a few cheapies floating around. So, yeah, I um, I certainly wouldn't be trying to to move him on. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Caelan Ponga back with uh, style this week. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, put up a 100-plus score while sitting on the – actually, no, it was the second week back. But, yeah, 101 points with uh, – uh, apparently had the uh, the flu game. Uh, him and Connor Watson were apparently both sick, but it doesn't seem like that matters for any elite sports people. So 
Mate, uh, outside of Ponga, though, we've got the Braley and Watson doing their stuff. Clemmer is just – price is absolutely going through the floor, though. Yeah, there's quite a few of these guys, isn't there, like in the mid uh, position where they're just – I don't know what it is. I, I guess with the with the fluctuation of money going around, they're just all dropping backwards. Uh, mm. You know, Clemmer, Papali, um, Gerbo, like just all guys just going backwards. Like, yeah, Clemmer and uh, Gerbo are only 1K apart right now. It's um, Yeah, it's it's interesting. They, they could be definitely good buys in a, in a position that's scarce in a couple of weeks. Mate, well, it's, it's interesting to have a look at Clem's minutes though. Uh, 74, 50, 72, 62, 61. So, and then a 42 this week, but almost at a point a minute this week. So he definitely is getting the minutes. Uh, I think probably what happened is uh, he was due to come back, but then Brody Jones was playing so well and the Knights are on top. So I think they probably just held him out. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wouldn't expect him to play only 42 minutes each week, considering right. what we've we've seen from him most weeks. He's usually a big minute guy. Maybe because as well, like the Knights were, like it was a like just the way the game was playing out. It was a bit of a you know a, a scoring fest, um, and the Knights were chasing there at the end. So maybe something to do with that. I'm not sure. Not, not really his uh, style of game, but um, yeah, 25 tackles and 114 meters in 42 minutes is a good sign that he's back to fit. So definitely one here. Seems to me like. He's not a big uh, bat. Trent Barrett's not a big fan of Clem. And with uh, Payne Haas, obviously uh, a better version of Clemmer, but the same body type, you wouldn't expect them both to get both to get picked for origin. So Clemmer actually looks a pretty good option for round 13. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, again, put him on the watch list. He, he looks like a non-origin playing forward because he didn't play last year, did he? No, he didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, that said... The Blues did lose the series last year, so maybe Freddie yeah. uh, chops and changes. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think it's going to turn on Clem just between you and me. I think it probably had something to do with Tedesco being knocked out. But I guess the other thing is as well, Frizzell was shaping really good to be a buy and then he threw up a 90-something, so he's back to uh, his price being where it was before. Yeah, uh, it was a fantastic game though. Like He, he plays so well and he, he looks like he's going to be one of those elite edge Back rowers, um, someone to target maybe later on in the season. Like he's he's pretty expensive and he's got Origin coming up. So yep, no, yeah. So you, you have to expect with Fitzgibbon coming back, he's a prime candidate to be rested over that period as well. Mm. Uh, that's probably it for that game. Moving along to the next one, uh, Gold Coast Titans, lol, and uh, <laughs> and Rabbitohs at uh, six o'clock on Friday night. So the Titans got absolutely embarrassed by Manly of all teams last weekend. I was actually at a wedding and I wasn't watching this game and uh, it was my uh, stepsister's wedding and she was getting ready to like walk down the aisle and you know that that awkward moment at a wedding where the groom's standing up the front and there's everyone's just sitting around waiting for the bride to come out? Mm. We're in that sort of moment and I was like, oh, I better check the score. And I uh, looked at my phone and it was 24-0 and I was like, what? <laughs> And I was trying to, like, get a message to my dad who was sitting right next to the mother of the bride. And I was like, oh, it's probably not the most important thing to tell him at the moment. But I, uh, I was definitely a lot more – I was very focused on that for, for a while there. But obviously, yeah, it was, it was actually a really lovely wedding and the football sort of escaped me on that Saturday night. So you probably have to help me out with a, a couple of the ev- at events of the Saturday night games. Well, um, I could give you two words. Uh, Tom Trebojevic, <laughs> that's what happened to the Titans. He just, yeah, absolutely yeah. smoked him. Yeah, the Titans just came out and laid a duck egg. I'm not sure 
what mm-hmm. what happened there. Um, they, like they have been flooded in recent weeks, playing some ordinary sides. So maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine they're going to put up a performance like that most weeks, where they're not no. putting up a point. Um, maybe yeah. there's something to be said. I think what what they did is they did the old Broncos thing. You know, when the Broncos used to be just absolute morals, and the the other team was terrible, you could just tell that. It was, it was always a, a decent chance for an upset and they just wouldn't turn up. <laughs> you reckon that's what happened here? I reckon that's what happened. I reckon complacency is oh, what happened. But that, that Manly Titans game, it was an absolutely awful game for fantasy. Um, like if your name wasn't Tom Dravojevic anyway, I think only three players made over 30 tackles the entire game. Mm. And like David Fafita was on about two points after 20 minutes and, and still somehow finished on 52. So yeah, uh, just, obvious, mate. Yeah, it just goes to show how good he is. Um, if, if he just turned up for those first 20, he would have had a great score. Yeah. Um, outside of that, obviously, Peach is uh, going to probably look for a bit of an uptick in minutes this week with the People's Champion Tino suspended for a couple of weeks just to add to his crap fantasy scores. He's now, <laughs> he's now suspended. And it looks like everybody's finally got the excuse to trade him out. Uh, so McIntyre is going to come onto the bench with... Fodawaka coming back to the starting squad. I don't actually think this Titans team loses anything without Tino as much as he's a good player and he's been playing well and I rubbish him for fantasy. He is a good player. Um, but McIntyre is a perfectly capable replacement. Fodawaka's a gun front rower. I don't, uh, I don't think they're going to lose too much there. No, I, I just need to pour one out for anyone that bored Tino after his 80 and then they've copped a 22 <laughs> with 33 and now a two-week suspension. <laughs> I know exactly somebody who did that. <laughs> Oh, he, sh- he who shall not be named. Oh, it's a rough, uh, rough, rough times to be a TO yeah. owner. Yeah. So I bought Kelly in last week and he sort of did okay. And I actually, considering that they got flogged, I'm pretty happy with 23 for a center. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's probably even one now to, to keep an eye on if you don't have him. Um, so I think he, what his break even is what, in the 40s. Yeah, yeah, in the 40s. So. Yeah, maybe someone to keep an eye on, plays around 13, uh, possibly an elite centre option for those who don't have him. Yep, and obviously Peach is the other one as well, elite centre option, plays around 13, you would think. And um, with Tino out, he's going to be a beneficiary, but he only got 33 and 57 or something last week. So he's certainly not uh, – he's not a walk-up 40-something every week. He's no. not, not too dissimilar from every other centre, if I'm being honest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's got that in his game. Like, that's who he is. He's um, He'll give you a 20-something or a 30-something one week, and then the next week he'll put out 60 in 45 minutes, you know? Like, he's just one yeah. of those guys. Like, he's not consistent. you just got to ride the roller coaster and know that he's going to average mid-40s and you want him in your team. What you're paying for with Peachy is a no, basically no chance that he's going to score under 20. Yeah. Yeah, basically. He's not going to jimmy the jet, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, uh, there is a couple of pretty key outs. So Mansour's gone for a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Also, Latrell's gone with three separate suspensions, although he's fighting them tonight. I have no idea where he is of the opinion that he's going to get away with what he did. Um, but the thing is, even if they find him not guilty because he's got so many fines out, he's still missing a week. So he's definitely not playing this week, but more than likely going to be gone for four weeks. So you'd have to imagine uh, which is going to be a pretty heavy impact on this Rabbitohs team. Yeah, I mean, he's he's exceeded our expectations dramatically. Like He's become probably the best ball-playing fullback in the NRL this season. He's just been insane what he's been able to do. Um, so, yeah, with the, it looks like he's probably going to be missing three weeks if he's not successful tonight, and I can't imagine he will be. Um, mm. Yeah, what's what would you be doing if you were a trail owner? Would you be selling? 
Well, obviously, you've got to wait and see what happens in the judiciary. If he mm. manages to get off and it's just a week, obviously, you hold. Uh, four weeks, I would be inclined to go down to Turbo and use that 170K for the the next, or I think it's about 170K, um, for the next four weeks on something useful and then potentially even get him back later, um, you know, even if you wanted to do, like, say if you're a Teddy owner or, like, um, Dane Laurie will be almost maxed out in four weeks from now, you'd think. Um, but mind you, then Laurie plays the th- round 13 by and Latrell obviously won't either way. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, certainly an interesting one. The thing, the, thing, the, the interesting one could be, so we're at now, what, round seven? So he's going to miss seven, eight, nine, and 10. Uh, then you got 11, 12, he'll be back. And then 13, he's on the bye. Laurie plays it. Mm. If he isn't picked for origin and the Blues win, which sounds like negatively for both of those because obviously the Queensland juggernaut's going to roll over the top of them. But uh, if he's not picked for origin, it might be worth going Laurie to Latrell in round 14 if you're trading him out, and that way you're getting seven weeks as opposed to two at a lorry. Yeah, I have a hard time imagining Trell won't be picked for origin. Um, he, he just seems like the obvious choice to play the left centre for New South Wales, especially with the form he's in. Um, I, I think I think the most he can get out is three weeks, uh, but even so, he's. I, I think for mine, if he gets that three weeks, he's a sell. Because um, like you yeah. said, uh, you know, missing the next three rounds, plus he's got origin coming up. Yeah, for, for mine, he's shaping as a sell, I think, yeah. if, if, if he is found guilty. Particularly with Turbo, just absolutely gunning it at the moment. That seems like an obvious move. Yeah, uh, I, I guess we'll, we'll get to Turbo once we get to Manly, but, yeah, it does seem like uh, they're a pretty good move. Yep. Uh, so, obviously, we've got Stephen Masters in. So, he's the one that's filling for Mansour with, obviously, Gagai moving out to the wing. It's probably a bad thing for any, anyone that bought Gagai, and I certainly wouldn't be looking at Gagai now that he's... Uh, on the wing? Yeah. Um, he'll probably be the beneficiary. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Normally I'd say he'd be the beneficiary of some tries with uh, Trell at fullback, but Alex Johnson just isn't the same ball player that no. uh, Latrell is. So, and yeah, Gagai will play right wing as well, not left wing. Oh, will he? Oh, yeah, that's that's bad science for anyone who bought him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not great. Definitely would not be yeah. looking at him currently. The one thing I will say is that it might actually completely shift the Rabbitohs' attack uh, and that right edge of Adam Reynolds, uh, Sewer, Campbell Graham and Gagai might be getting a lot more attention than the left edge of Stephen Masters, Jackson Paulo, mm. Cody Walker and Colm Atungi. So um, it certainly might open things up a bit more for Damien Cook to be more involved, uh, Murray, you know, like and play to that, that right and then yeah. you know, give the left a chance because they're going to be a completely new left edge. Yeah, I mean, it's potentially great for Campbell Graham, who's 100k cheaper than his starting price currently. Um, you know, we, we've seen that Graham has the pedigree to be an elite centre. Um, if this does shift the attack, it could be anyone. It could be great for anyone that's jumped on him. But yeah, it's um, like again, it's it's three weeks, I suppose. That that said, I still think Campbell Graham's a good buy. But yeah, it should definitely shift some of the points around in this team for the um, short term. Yeah, so long story short, if you have Gagai, hold him. If you don't have Gagai, probably don't buy him. Look for somewhere else would be my guess. Um, Colin Matungi's back, but we're not going to be looking at him for fantasy anymore. Uh, Damien Cook's still disappointing. Asterisk, he's scoring like almost 60 points per game. Yeah, Yeah, that's disappointing for Cook. If it was anybody other than Damien Cook, it would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. 
Uh, Eels versus Broncos. So Dylan Brown's back pushing Fresh Prince out. We see Papali'i hold his spot on the edge with uh, Maddo. Mate, I saw something come through. Is Maddo playing reserve grade this week? Yeah, he's been named in the second row in New South Wales Cup, um, but he, I can see he's in the 21 here as well. So, mm. yeah, interesting. Maybe they just didn't want to fly him to Darwin for his first game back. Mm. Mate, I have a theory around this. Oh, yeah. We're seeing this happen a bit. Uh, most players offer a significant break are um, being put for a week in reserve grade just to sort of get their legs because the game is so much faster now than what it used to be. You can't just sort of waltz back in and half-ass it. And particularly, you know, Brad Arthur would have seen what the Broncos did last week. Uh, Maddo would have a target on his back coming back in as a, you know, maybe not being up to match fit. So that being said, I do see Will Penasini on the bench there. And I honestly will not be surprised if that's Panasini, 18th man, Maddo into the side come game day. Yeah, um, to, and to your point there, it certainly doesn't help that you're going up to Darwin where it's, you know, 30-degree weather. Mm, <laughs> no. of, yeah, so you're, you're probably right. It probably is, uh, you know, easing back in. Um, and, and that said, like when you've got a ready-made replacement like Papaliti, who's been just probably the buy of the year so far, why, yeah. why would you rush him back? Yeah, I'm feeling really sad about not buying him. I, I can't even get two tries too. I'm sitting, I was sitting at the wedding reception and I was like, oh, Eels are smashing the Raiders. Papa Lee. I was like, you're kidding me. I'm getting like notifications going through. Come on. Because I actually called this in the preseason. That's the most annoying thing about all of it is I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the most frustrating part. I knew part. it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Oh, well. Um, anyway, uh, I guess on the eel side, though, Moses, huge score without Brown there, which we sort of thought might happen. He's leveled his BE out to around 50 now. Uh, it's not an urgent buy, but he's definitely a value at the moment. Yeah, he's one I'm looking at for next week. It certainly helps that uh, unless something dramatically bad happens to Cleary, he's not going to be playing Origin. So, um, and he plays round 13. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely one to to target if you're playing for overall points uh, and certainly represents a, a little bit of value right now. Yeah, even head-to-head. Like, I don't think he's an exclusively an overall player mm. though either like you know he could definitely be a top three you know we saw dce do what like 50 kick meters on the weekend so yeah exactly well i mean like especially when you're looking at that halves position there's there seems to be like outside of cleary you know like, a pretty big tier yeah exactly you know like munster's what 60 uh flanagan's mid 50s yeah it's um it's a little bit of a you know a, a drop in quality there yeah Mate, on the other side of the ball, we have the Broncos. But actually, just before we jump onto that, I just saw an interesting piece of news from Wacko's Whispers come through. Apparently, Cody Walker has been training at fullback today. Ooh, interesting. Does that mean uh, Benji's going to be coming into 5'8"? Mate, well, it sort of fits the old thing of, like, get your best 17 guys and find them a jersey type thing. Mm. So what we might see is Johnson go back to the wing, Gagai back to centre, a Masters to the bench or something like that would probably be what I would be anticipating, which probably is a more balanced team. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on throughout the week. Uh, I guess for the Gagai people, that's good news though. Yeah, no, definitely something to keep an eye on there. It could be interesting seeing uh, Cody Walker back at fullback. It's a shame he hasn't been named there. He might get, he might have gotten dual position. Oh, that actually would have been really good. Um, mate, uh, on the, okay, so back to the Broncos. Uh, we've got David Mead back in the centres again after a pretty successful outing, it must be said. 
Uh, so Herbie Farnworth's at the other centre. Uh, Broncos look pretty much the same except for the gigantic thorn on my side in number 14. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah the old Danny in the corner there. Yeah, he's, yep. uh, he's really... He's really thrown a spanner into the works for a lot of people that already had a plenty of other problems going on this week. And mm. uh, any Turpin owners, it seems like Turpin season might be coming to an end. Yep. So he signed in straight in. I guess the good news is he's made a bunch of money already, which is which is good. I was really hoping to have him through to round 13 and then sell him in round 14. But uh, we move on. Mate, I did actually, while I was waiting for you to be ready to record this afternoon, I did my one piece of research for this week. Okay. So Jake Turpin. In mm-hmm. 2020, he played four games between 50 and 70 minutes mm-hmm. and averaged 61 minutes for 45 points. His break-even is 35. So I think we can afford to wait a week and see what happens there. Oh, definitely, uh, yeah. I have a thought that potentially he's probably only going to play 15 or 20 minutes to come on and do some spark. It also might be that they use him through the middle for 10 minutes or something and have both of them on simultaneously. We've seen that work through the season. So I don't necessarily think it's as simple as uh, Turpin's cooked. That being said, it does pinch a bit of his upside. Mm. Uh, He might be able to go a bit harder and attack a bit harder, knowing that he's only going to have to play 60 minutes. Uh, It's obviously a problem, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, he's certainly not a like. You don't have to rush him out of your side this week because of his break even. Like it still is relatively achievable. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd be surprised if he played less than sixty minutes. Um, I, yeah, I'd feel pretty comfortable projecting him for like a forty score in about sixty minutes. So yeah, definitely don't have to jump off just yet. But um, I mean, certainly plenty of plenty of other fires to put out this week for most people. So. Yeah, but definitely want to uh, keep an eye on as a possible trade-out in a week or so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Certainly not urgent. I've had a bunch of people like, oh, I've got to sell Turbin. Uh, no, like just calm down a little bit. You know, Flegler played 29 minutes last week. Bullymore played th- about 30. Ricky only played 25. So, you know, there's not a massive amount of minutes on that bench. Uh, so it's possible that they just share that or even, you know, there's a couple of minutes through the uh, – through the, the middle there. So just wait and see what happens there. Or maybe you'll bag a, a sneaky try or something like that, push his price up, and then you can move him on. Uh, but, yeah, certainly be sort of planning that you might need to sell him uh, coming up. So uh, outside of that, uh, the other one that I'm interested in having a conversation with you about, other than Haas, who we know is a gun, although he's had a, another low score, so his break even nice is nice and high for us potential buyers, uh, is Tavita Pangai Jr., so uh, last year, seven games, uh, average uh, back row, that is, average of 73.5 minutes for 51.5 points, which is pretty good. Obviously, we know he's going to play round 13. Uh, now, if we isolate out just the 60-plus minute games overall for his career in the back row, uh, he only has two tries uh, and obviously got one of those last week. Um, and it's, but it sort of wasn't really a big fantasy scoring try. Uh, so his career is 75 at 52 and a half. So if Kevy's looking to use him at 80-minute uh, back row roll, which is where he looked really, really good last week, uh, we can anticipate that he's going to be averaging somewhere in the mid-50s, I think. Yeah, he's... Um... 
Yeah, he's, he's one that, you, like, because we, we were talking about him the other day and I wasn't uh, fully sold on him, but you make an interesting point. I guess the problem with Pangai is he's got some low scores in his game, like, uh, when he's on the edge. Like, he can throw out, like, in his history, he's got, like, a 27 and a 38 there. Like, he could throw out um, one of those low scores, but he's also got the attacking upside where you can certainly see some, you know, 60s and 70s out of him as well. So, yeah, he's, he's an interesting... Um, Interesting prospect given the dual position in the round 13 and don't yeah. have to worry about any origin. No, correct. And, I mean, he does still have a break even in the low 60s, so certainly not an urgent one. But for somebody looking for a dual position guy, maybe to fill out their number 17 slot on their bench, um, he's you could do worse. Um, you know, you're looking at a guy like uh, Alvaro. He's only 200K, um, you know, up to, to Pangai. He's going to play that round... 13 by as well. So um, just for guys that are sort of starting to come up towards their peak, mind you, Alvaro is going to be a keeper this year anyway, but in the event, <laughs> in the event he's not, that he's that option's there. Obviously, uh, Levi being on the bench is good for Haas though as well. He's consistently seen that 65-ish minutes, um, which is where we want him to be sitting. He's, he's just sort of yeah. like, I don't know what exactly is causing him to not, be above that point in minute. Well, I can. I think I can tell you. His first three games back, Melbourne, uh, Rabbitohs, Panthers. So I think that mm. might have something to do with it. Like that's not a very easy welcome back. And you know, we've we've seen the storm have consistently sort of stifled, um, you know, props and forwards in the past. Uh, yeah, and, and obviously Panthers aren't an easy. Um, defense, well, you know, quite defensively, they're quite good. So, yeah, yeah, and he just ha- he just didn't get the tackle bust against the Panthers either. So, um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think once their schedule eases up, he he should be back to his crab running best. Yeah. Well, after the Eels this week, he moves into Titans. Paul Cowboys, uh, Manly, I guess a depleted Roosters side. Storm again, Dragons in the bye week, and then Raiders, Rabbitohs, Sharks. So, I mean, it's not super soft, but, like, he, it's certainly a bit better than three of the top four sides. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, definitely one to keep an eye on as his price drops and uh, look for the right opportunity to snap him up. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Saturday first game, which we have to wait until 5.30 for, which is super annoying because, you know, there's nothing worse. I hate him waiting until 3 o'clock for the football to start. I don't know what I'm going to do all day on Saturday. Um, so... Uh, the Sharkies welcome back via the bench, Sean Johnson, which is a bit odd. Does that bench look a little bit like low in weight to you? Yeah, it's it's strange seeing like Billy McGoolius and Sean Johnson both on the on the bench together. Um, well, and Jack Williams, who's uh, on the lighter end of a lock, and then Talakai, who's really a back rower. I wonder if maybe this will be the debut of Pele. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Sharks fans uh, constantly calling for Pele to get a run. Maybe yeah. maybe it's time. We've got uh, old Will Chambers lurking there as well. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me with Dugan and Rainey in there. I wonder if maybe they're planning on moving Dugan to the wing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But like, didn't like didn't the last time they tried to do that, Dugan you know crack the sooks and yeah. <laughs> well, maybe Chambers is going to play on the wing. Yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, right. maybe, oh, that said, maybe he's just depth because he is what late th- or early thirties now, isn't he? Yeah, so it's Dugan, I guess. Mm, true. Yeah. Now, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they've had this interesting news come out this week about Chad Townsend. Uh, one thing about this is they've got Moylan, who's 29, Sean Johnson, who's not getting any younger either. And, like, they've got a lot of their sides quite sort of getting up there in age. I don't know what 
what they're going to do. I'm feeling a clean out coming. Yeah, I mean, they certainly don't seem like they've got a a premiership built side. They've got a new coach coming in next year. I I think you're right. I I feel like this could be uh, a bit of a rebuild. That said, they do have some good young players there, but then they've also like got that offset by like a bunch of guys like Aiden Tolman and Aaron Woods. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, you got McInnes coming next year, and you have to think a bunch of these guys are going to disappear. But that's probably not not so much something fantasy related. Mm. Um, speaking of things that aren't fantasy related, on the other side of the ball, Nick Kotrick, uh, another bad <laughs> score. He's so disappointing. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, lowish score with uh, obviously some sort of ankle complaint. Avrillo doing the goal kicking and more of the in play kicking. Really good news for his owners. Probably not something sustainable, but uh, welcome nevertheless. Yeah, definitely. If, if you've got him, if you've managed to hold on to him, he's, he's finally kicking on for you. Um, and the reason I was so concerned about him in the preseason was because he didn't have that those base stats there. But with Flanagan, with he, like he seems like he's taken more of more of that on with Flanagan gone. But yeah, it's a shame that Nick Kotrick is still a dud. Um, it's just so frustrating. The dogs don't seem to attack right very often at all. They just funnel all their attack to the left and don't score any points. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, even against the Cowboys, who defensively have been quite poor, they. They, they sort of didn't really do much and, and he sort of doesn't really look there. Unfortunately, if Momorowski's suspended, I'm going to have to play him this week, which is pretty disappointing, but it is what it is. Uh, Luke Thompson with a really good score, not try though, and I think he was over a point a minute. Yeah, I was waiting for you to bring up your man crush, Luke Thompson. You were on last year and I saw you getting a bit excited. Uh, Mate, <laughs> he, looks like he's, he looks like he's made out of granite. Yeah, I mean, he's playing quite well and, you know, he's got that... Uh, you know, it seems like all these English blokes, they just love to dig in, don't they? Yeah, he's definitely bigger this year than he was last year. I was watching him going, I'm sure that he wasn't that big last year. I reckon if we weighed him, he's 10 kilos heavier this year. I I suppose if you just got to sit in a hotel room for three months just lifting barbells, you're not going to get big. So, um, yeah, he was obviously underdone and he looks really, really good. Uh, so with uh, Jack Hetherington out for the foreseeable future, they've got Thompson at 10 and Corey Waddell at lock. Uh, bringing Chris Smith into the edge. Um, mate, Josh Jackson coming back in two to five weeks, uh, probably not messing around with Chris, with Chris Smith. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too keen to jump on. You'd have to think Corey Waddell is going to move back to the edge um, once he is mm-hmm. back. Um, yeah, it's also a shame for anyone that uh, got on Jackson's top and he's out of the 21 completely now. Oh, wow, I didn't even notice that. I wonder what happened to him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's injured or something or if he's just completely out. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We won't linger too long on the Bulldogs. So into the second game, uh, we've got the Cowboys juggernaut rolling on against a uh, hapless Raiders last weekend who just got absolutely pummeled by the Eels uh, while the Cowboys asserted their dominance over a, a hard-fighting Bulldogs team. Um <laughs> Mate, uh, Cowboys looking pretty much the same. I think they're one to seventeen with Tom Gilbert listed on the number twenty-one. Um, so Gilbert, uh, for everybody who played last year, they know he was playing on the edge last year. He's actually not an edge player; he's a middle forward. Uh, they've said as much that they want him to play in the middle. He got through eighty minutes of Q Cup on the weekend, uh, forty-one tackles and one hundred and fifty odd meters with fifty odd post-contact meters. Uh, so I won't be surprised if he's far off the the team this week. 
yeah, I know you've been talking them up for a while now. It'd be great to have um, you know someone decent in this cow- Cowboys forward pack that isn't Cohen Hess. Or, yeah. yeah. Mate, you've got to hand it to Cohen Hess. And I'll tell you, so Todd Payton, anyone that thinks that Cohen Hess is going back to the edge anytime soon is sorely mistaken. Uh, he's definitely a middle forward moving forward. So he's uh, that's good news for anyone looking at Shane Wright or Ben Condon. I think Condon might be the one that ends up dropping out if – if it's that Gilbert comes in via Mitch Dunn going back to the edge. So he's basically, Peyton said that uh, Mitch Dunn is definitely an edge forward. Uh, He did play a lot in the middle last week because he was adding something good, but Dunn and Gilbert physically are pretty similar, uh, except Dunn's more of a ball player and Gilbert's more of a a rough and tumble guy. So I definitely think, uh, their top t- top 17 at the moment has Gilbert in it once he's ready to go. Wouldn't be surprised to see him added late this week. Fantasy relevancy, though, on this team, it's basically just Ben Hampton. <laughs> yeah, Ben Hampton, for the few people that jumped on the pod, Valentine Holmes, who's still going all right. But, um, yeah, Ben Hampton, another great score, uh, did a lot of kicking. Seems like he, if he can hold that spot, he seems like a great contender for you know, potentially a final team, like 19th man sort of guy covering... Uh, that wing fullback center and at the very worst, if you can only hold the spot for a few weeks, he seems like a good cash cow. Yeah, no, he's doing really, really well. Uh, speaking of good cash cows, so Sebastian Chris comes onto the edge for Simmonson, who uh, Ricky's finally had enough of. I think maybe he got a HIA, did he? Yeah, yeah, he got knocked out. So I think he's been rested because of that concussion. But yeah. I mean, I'd love to see Chris in this side instead of Curtis Scott, but... Yeah, I don't know if Ricky's going to give it to us long term. Unfortunately, he was talking a big game, saying there's going to be a lot of changes coming. But yeah, it seems like uh, it's only been you know a couple in the forward pack that have uh, made way, and yeah, the back line's all sort of standing. Yep. Uh, so Soliola and Tarpany drop out, and uh, pull one out for CK, who I convinced to hold on to Tarpany. He traded Tedesco instead. I bet he wishes he had Tedesco this week. Yeah, uh, you're, not, you're not wrong. What have you done? You stitched him up. Yeah, I stitched him up, mate. I gotta get I gotta if I can't move up the ladder by being a good fantasy player, I need to move up up by tanking other people's teams. So <laughs> I um I've put him to the sword, old C old TK. I hope he hears this. I is, uh, is that why you started this podcast? To tank other people's teams? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll double block, mate. You know. You know how we do. Yeah, no, you've done it to me plenty. Uh, so Ryan James is back. Emery Gula starts. Uh, Sutton holds this position at lock. He's obviously been playing really well. Corey Harawira Naira and Corey Horsburgh, the, the naughty boys, come back via the bench. Uh, what we're expecting, Harawira Naira to only get a couple of minutes off the bench there. So probably not rushing to get him in, but uh, potentially good if Ricky's going to be looking at changes, if he can have a good game. Uh, I guess fantasy relevancy for the Raiders is not that much. Yeah, unfortunately, Josh Hodgson's only out for a couple of weeks, so we're not going to see Tom Starling part two because he's dropped so much money from last year too. He could be, yeah, if, if he was uh, had a, a long-term role, he'd be such a good buy. But, yeah, unfortunately, don't mess around with him. Um, hopefully, Harawira and Ira can get into the team soon. He'd be a very, very good buy in a position that's scarce. But, yeah, not, not too much happening here, unfortunately, just the no. continued decline of Jared Croker. Oh, man, and I guess Rapinoe. Uh, a bunch of people bought him. How did he go? Yeah, he got a forty. I think he scored a try in a yeah. flogging. That's pretty good. You take that. Yeah, he's one 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 score under forty all year. Is a, is twenty five in round five. So, 
I mean, you you won't uh, won't get too upset about that. That's pretty much exactly what you're praying for for a centre. Uh, moving along to the first game on Anzac Day, West Tigers versus Manly. Uh, see Cheekam, our boy, coming into the centres for uh, Kapoa. Um, I wonder if maybe that might be something that isn't just a one-week thing. I certainly wouldn't be rushing to get him in because they do have Leilua there, but Leilua certainly hasn't done anything to show that he deserves his spot. Yeah, exactly. Anytime that Leilua gets in, he oh, he just disappoints and gets dropped again. Um, I'm surprised that Umbai is not at centre, but yeah, it's um it's interesting seeing Chikam there. Uh, he's kind of adding a bit in his role that he's playing. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they've gone with Seafarth on the bench over McKayley this week as well. So, um. Obviously, Sean Bloor, I think, is returning via Q Cup. This or not kick up the whatever the knock on effects cup or whatever it's called mm. in New South Wales. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Same thing, I think maybe they're just trying to get a bit of uh, miles through the legs before he uh, comes back into first grade, which is good for us, uh, considering that we don't need a edge back rower. We need a wing fullback this week. Yeah, certainly. Um, it's it's probably handy that he's uh, getting some match fitness. I, I guess what you were talking about with Madison, like he, you know, he hasn't played um, since the preseason, and yeah, coming back off the bench in uh, New South Wales Cup, good way to earn some match fitness and hopefully become a pretty good buy for us in a couple of weeks once um, we put out all these fires this week. Yep, mate. Uh, did you realise that Jake Simkin is good at football? Really, I hadn't. I, I, I sort of got a feeling when I when I saw him scoring quite well and you yeah. know, playing quite well. But yeah, no, he seems Shocking. like he's quite good. Yep. So, mate, uh, Simkin's done really well. If you didn't get him last week, get him this week and smack yourself on the back of the hand for not getting him last week. And um, if you're concerned about Billy Walters, he's playing five eight this week in New South Wales Cup. So I, yep. I don't think they're going to be rushing him back as a hooker. Yeah. No. He's he's a jet. Get him this week. Uh, speaking of jets. Uh, <laughs> do, we, do, we, do we have to? No, I was going to talk about Tommy Turbo and just pretend that oh, right. didn't exist. All oh, right, yeah, because James Robinson sort of reminds me of like yeah, that Malaysian Airlines flight uh, from a few years back. <laughs> An H three seventy. Yeah, he's just disappeared. Uh, too soon. Kind of jet. Too <laughs> soon. Um, mate, Tommy Turbo had an awesome return, and uh, he's looking like an absolute two hundred k plus value by a potential keeper this year. If he can just stay healthy, yeah, that's he's certainly like we know who Tommy Turbo is. He's a great player. Is the only thing with him, it comes with that injury risk attached. Um, yep. But for mine, just at that price, it, it just seems worth it, doesn't yep. it? Like to, to, to roll the dice it. on it. Yeah, yeah you, you got to do it. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring him in this week, and obviously uh, with Pap out, I've got Laurie in the wing fullback. I'm looking to hold Laurie through round 13. Worst case scenario, if something happens, I trade out Turbo rather than trading out Laurie. Yeah, no, it seems like a perfect plan, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of people with you on that boat. I, I can see that he's uh, already up 7% of ownership this week. He's probably going to be the most popular yeah. buy target for most people. That's not enough. Don't be, <laughs> don't be scared. Have no fear. It's turbo time. <laughs> turbo time. Um, anyone that rushed DCE in last week was obviously very disappointed. Uh, that's why we don't use one-game samples. He is going to average in the high 50s this year. Book it. Bookmark. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what happened to him. Like, Because he just did not kick at all in the, in that game. I wonder oh. if he picked up an injury or something. 
Foran's got to do something to earn his million bucks a year, man. He can't just sit out there as a passenger. He's got to have one game where he does a bunch of stats. So, like, if they look at his av- – like, if they put the graphic up on Fox League, it's like Kieran Foran averaging 150 kick metres a game, but he's had, like, five games of 50 and then one of 400 or something like that <laughs> to, like, even it up to make it look like he's playing better. That's smart, smart. Um, so, obviously, Josh Schuster – He's kind of plodding along. I mean, you can't complain for a guy that was sub 300K. Uh, he's got his edge dual position, uh, break even in the 20s now. It says 20 on the website, but I think, as we know, it's probably closer to 25 to 30. Um, is he, when you look at him, are you seeing a, a keeper or not really? No, I'm not seeing a keeper, but I'm certainly seeing someone that's going to be in my team for a while. As, as long as he can hold that spot, like he fills a position that is very hard to fill this year. Like I'm probably going to be in no rush to trade him out. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's he's going to be a keeper. I think he's going to be just a rung below. I could sort of aver- see him averaging about 50, which seems like maybe, you know, five to 10 points below what you want. Um, well, the go might just be Schuster straight to Matto once he bottoms out. Yeah, yeah, that could definitely be um, a, a trade on the cards in, in a month or two. Yep. Jerbo, um, a bit disappointing, but he didn't really have a lot of tackling to do, so he makes his hay with the tackling, and um, they were standing behind the, the halfway line waiting for uh, <laughs> Garrick to kick goals all game. So uh, obviously yeah. that's not going to keep happening every single week because they don't get to play the uh, hapless Titans every week. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, there was only three players in this entire game that hit 30 tackles and Gerbo wasn't one of them. He was in the high 20s. So, yeah, this was just a very bad fantasy game. Like, the Titans didn't even have 200 kick meters. Like, that's just how just bad for fantasy this game was. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 but that said, with Gerbo's break, even now, like, I think it's about 59. Um, I mean, I know he's a bit of a plotter, but he's looking like a, a good buy potentially, yeah. um, you know, in a month or so. Yeah. It's a shame he plays more than likely going to play Origin, not that he probably deserves it this year because he hasn't really done anything, but he'll, he'll get picked on on his name. Uh, outside of that, obviously, that manly side's pretty uh, uneventful. We might just move along to the Roosters versus Dragons game. Um, I guess Otuolaku is the other one. Otuolaku, yeah, him. Um, so he dropped out uh, last week uh, to the bench. Um, I'm just trying to find out how much he actually scored, but I can't spell his name. <laughs> uh, he, he scored 33 in 32 minutes. Cool. All right, so that's okay, but obviously you're much better off getting Simpkin as we highlighted to you. So, um, yeah, chalk one up to the good guys. Uh, Roosters versus Dragons. Uh, Tedesco is being pretty underwhelming. He's becoming an interesting value for people that don't have him uh, in a – Interesting headache for those of us that do have him. Takiaho's risen from the grave from his three to five week injury and has been named to start a prop. But you have to imagine that that's not going to uh, stand. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the reports from the physio that it might only be like a week or two, but if he's going to play, he's going to be needing pain killing injections to sort of get through it. Um, yeah, yeah. For, for mine, I've sort of, I think, I think he's on the trading block for mine. Um, he just doesn't really seem like he's going to be a keeper. He hasn't really shown that at all this year. Um, mm. what, what about yourself? What are you thinking? Now, well, I'm looking at him and I'm looking at Brooks and I've probably got to move one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm already doing Tessie new to Turbo, which I think is the greatest trade you could ever make, assuming that his semi doesn't blow this week. Mate, the other one, it's probably either Brooks or Taukiaho to 
Moses is the, the trade that I'm looking at this week with the other one being made into Payne Haas next week or the week after. Um, the thing with Tauk is his break-even is like 67 and Brooks's is only 50, mm. um, which is leaning me to think that maybe I need to move Tauk. But given the option of having one of those two in my team, I would prefer to have Tauk if they're both fit. Um, I think if Radley gets suspended this week and we see Collins move into the starting side, I'd probably be inclined to hold on to Takiyaho and just sort of see what he does. Uh, but, it's, geez, it's a rough call. Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, this Tigers team could beat Manly or get flogged 36-0 as well. You're like, I don't know. Um, Brooks has so, been so disappointing. Uh, but obviously that Rabbitohs team was good and that so that game didn't really suit his play style either. Um, yeah. No, no attacking stats at all in that 34. Yeah, it wasn't a great game for Brooks at all. I mean, unless you <laughs> – it was about to be um, all the to- all the Brooks owners oh, yeah. screaming away for a length of the field try. <laughs> Only to be called back. Oh, um, so sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm not in the same position as you. I, I, I've got the luxury of not owning Brooks. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that said, it is a tough one. Uh, like you said, uh, I mean, Takiyaho does also play in the middle, which is a harder position to fill, I suppose. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I'll, I'll probably wait and see what happens at the judiciary tonight. If Radley's suspended, it'll make it harder for me. If he gets off, I'd say it'll be... Uh, I'd say it'll probably be I'll keep Brooks and, and trade Takiyaho, but we'll see how we go. Uh, I guess the big news to this Roosters side, though, is the inclusion of Sam Verrills at 246K, which is going to be an absolute fill-up for fantasy, assuming that his knee's okay. That being said, uh, Marshke's been serviceable, and I'm not 100% sure that Verrills is going to walk into a huge role straight away. I'm wondering if... It's probably wonder if it, maybe it's prudent to just sort of you know eyeball him for a week and see what he looks like. I mean, yeah, you certainly know um, you know must have this week. Uh, you know, he's, he's, even if he scores a, a forty or so, he's still going to be below three hundred k this this week. I think Simpkin is the is the pick of the two, given his break even's minus six and he's only what thirteen fifteen k more. Um, that said, I'm I'm bloody happy. I'm very happy. I've had Verils in my team for far too long, and I finally got a green dot next to him. It's uh, <laughs> it's great for me. I'm very happy. I, mm-hmm. I'm sort of thinking you'll play yeah, probably like 50, you know yeah 50, 50 to 60 yeah, yeah and, and probably score like high 30s to low 40s sort of that that thing. So a great cash cow, but I don't think he's one you have to get on this week if you've missed some of the other guys out there. Yeah, particularly with the crisis of wing fullback, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to wait a week. I was listening to uh, Talking League on Monday morning from their Sunday rap podcast and they had their physio guy on and he was saying um, given the uh, the style of player you'd anticipate maybe he might, you know, take a little bit of a couple of weeks to sort of come back to full full fitness. So, um, you know, if you if you already have him, he's certainly one that I'd be probably trying to put in a loophole this week, um, particularly with Pappy out there playing the last game. That gives you a perfect loop player, world's most expensive loophole at eight fifty seven. 
but uh, if you are buying him, yeah, you can uh, maybe afford to wait a week. But I don't have a problem with anybody buying him this week either. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I mean, or, just just while I've been talking, I'm considering maybe I don't get Moses this week. I get Verrells and then do Moses and Haas next week, but I really need to win some head-to-head matches, and I think Moses is a uh, a goer against a Broncos team that's just surrendered 124 points to Bruce Willis. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not a bad time, like you said, not a bad time to buy Sam Verrells this week or in round two, <laughs> Which, yeah. whichever. <laughs> yeah, either or, whichever way, whatever fits your boat, mate. Um, on the dragon side of the ball. Uh, Maguire came back and played way more minutes than what we expected, but not really a problem because it pushed Fuimano out to the edge for Josh Kerr and um, most of the big boys in the middle for the Dragons still got their minutes. Yeah, Alvaro still kicked on, still managed uh, a 42 and 47 minutes. A um, little bit below his PPM, but still a great score. It still keeps his price moving. He's probably getting close to uh, to peaking uh, unless that, those keeper scores start coming that you've promised me, mate. But Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah um, Ben Hunt lurking in 21 as well. Um, yeah, you'd have to anticipate he's coming back, but apparently Corey Norman's uh, got a question mark on his shoulder as well, so okay. he may even come back. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens there. The big fantasy news is, um, get yeah, getting ready for Alvaro. Keeping an eye on Maguire as well, uh, depending on his role. But um, mostly just Bird actually doing really well. Yeah, another good score from Bird if you've, if you've got him. He's yeah, a great buy. Still, what, like 450K? So, I mean, there's going to be some people in need of a centre this week. He's, yeah, probably one to consider if you need um so he does play round 13 as well. Um, yeah. Push comes to shove now that they're the same price, uh, Brian Kelly or Jack Bird? I mean, I've seen more from Jack Bird this year. I, I guess the difference is that Bird loves to go on those crab runs um, sometimes where, you know, he'll just run across the field and give us a, a nice mm. crab, whereas Kelly, I don't know, he sort of relies more on traditional centre play, um, knocking guys out of the way when they give him the ball uh, versus, you know, the traditional uh, fantasy center of just being a ball hog and running across the field. Yep. So what you're saying is you prefer Jack Bird? I, I think so, yeah. I, I know you don't. I know you've got um, Kelly a little bit higher. Yeah, probably about five points higher across the season. But, I mean, that could be wrong. I, Bird's showed us a bit. I just, um, yeah, I just worry about him in general. But, um, no, anyone that's got him, obviously, uh, keep enjoying his good scores. Uh, last game of the round, Storm versus Warriors. So we've got Storm looking the same except for Fanukin back onto the bench. Uh, Harry Grant off the bench again, really good. So he's put up a decent sort of score off the bench even without starting. I don't necessarily think he needs to play 80, but I certainly am not rushing to buy him given Origin plus him not playing 80 minutes. Yeah, he's, he's definitely not one I'm targeting. Like uh, un- Until he gets that starting role back and you know, starts playing that those big minutes. Once we get Brandon Smith back into the forward pack, that would be ideal. Um, but, yeah, again, I, I can't imagine they're not going to use Brandon Smith at some point over the origin period at hooker. It just yeah, it just makes sense. And we know that Bellamy loves to, to rest players and nurse them over that time as well. Yep. And uh, obviously the big elephant in the room there is Pappenhausen missing this week, Nico Hines in. All in all, I think that's probably better... Uh, given he's got an opportunity to actually rest up that shoulder. Um, so what this, this physio on Talking League said was that um, typically with these AC joint injuries, uh, players 
are able to push through them. They get a less shot or whatever to be able to play, but it actually makes it worse long term and it can affect their performance. So, whereas if you have a if you actually take a week or two to rest it, you'll find you'll be better long term for it. So, it's a very Bellamy thing to do to actually give him a rest, given that we know that he doesn't need to be in this team this week. Uh, premierships aren't won in round seven. That's bad for fantasy, but I certainly wouldn't be selling him. No, well, I mean, like I have seen a couple of people um, selling Pap. I, I guess you could make the case if you're only concerned about overall, um, you know, if he does miss a couple of weeks and then potentially gets picked for origin, I guess you could make the case of selling him, but you know, I'm certainly not. I'm certainly holding. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he's what the, Highest, I think he's the highest wing fullback um, average currently in in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I mean Pong is higher than him, but that's yeah. with a, only two game sample. So I think they'll be pretty close to each other. I think Pong got mad about Pat scoring so well and decided to put up that one hundred and one. Um, but yeah, no. I mean the only, I mean the only player you could look at him and go, oh, it's probably worth a trade. Might be Cleary, but even then, you know, you paid three hundred grand on top of Pat to get Cleary, which is a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, other than that, Storm sort of, I mean, anyone with Welch, it might be last chance saloon at the moment for Welch. Uh, yeah. I, he's got a 31 break even, which I'm expecting to be sort of closer to 37, 38. Um, with Fanukin back, you have to imagine he's going to soak some minutes there. Um, they, they're pretty much back to full strength now by the looks. Yeah, for the most part, it's uh, like other than Pat missing, it's basically their first choice team. Um, yeah, it's it's probably the last week for Welch. I think he's in a sort of similar boat to Chad, um, Chad Townsend, that you he, he's fine to keep in your team this week, but you probably you're going to be wanting to move him on next week, especially with all the other fires around this week. He's probably one you can hold for one more week, but yeah, definitely start making plans. Yep. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we've got Fuss back, uh, Hiku's gone, and um, a couple of other guys. Pompey's gone, and Paul Turner's gone. So Merch, he's going to play centre. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan did very bad. Uh, Tohu Harris did very good. Josh Curran did really good. Um, and Jazz did about sort of uh, normal Jazz stuff as well. Yeah, uh, Curran really looked good. Like a you know an actual proper first grade footballer, he, he looked like he belonged, um, and he put a great score out on debut. I, I, I imagine there's probably going to be some people jumping on him this week. He does have a negative break even, still under 300k, playing mm-hmm. in a difficult edge spot. Um, what are your thoughts about Curran? Do you do you see him as a buy? Do you see him losing minutes to one of these guys on the bench? What are your thoughts? I I see uh, Bailey Sirenen coming in. And uh, stealing minutes from both Bernard Murdoch, Masilla, and Curran. Uh, that forward pack, there's just so many minutes there. I just can't, I can't see them. I can't see any of those players other than Toru playing eighty. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you there. Like, given that uh, you know we saw Tohu move to an edge last week as well, spelling um, uh, Murdoch, Masilla, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time believing that anyone in this pack is going to play eighty long term. Um, other than Tohu, like you got to keep in mind as well. Like they lost Hiku about five minutes into the game. Um, yeah, and then they, you know, they lost uh, like Tohu had a HIA, and they lost Paul um, not Paul Turner. Uh, who was the the other one that got injured? Adam Pompey um, yeah. towards the end as well. Yeah, it's I don't know. Like he's, he's probably if he holds that spot, he's probably going to make you know a, a good amount of money. But mm. then, again, like 
there's just other guys there like Verrills and Car- yeah. uh, Simpkins and, you know, stuff stuff like that. Yeah, I'd say Verrills would be a priority over him just because we sort of have a pretty clear idea about what his role and job security is like, mm. uh, subject to him staying fit. But you know, I certainly wouldn't begrudge anyone that has Curran or wants to buy him, but I think um, there's going to be a lot of looking for a, uh, a wing fullback this week. So um, with that, I think that probably covers it. Jazz also, obviously, we, given those men- – Things that you mentioned earlier, all those injuries, we he probably saw we got them inflated minutes, fifty minutes there, fifty-seven points. Yeah, he was a beneficiary of um, of those injuries because he went off, I believe, uh, with ten minutes to go once Tohu passed his HIA, and then he was straight back onto the field three minutes later once Pompey got injured. Mm. So, yeah, he, he, yeah, he was looking at about a, like a forty. Five point score before Pompey got injured, and then yeah. you know he got a boost from that. So, well, that's sort yeah. of where I had him, like forty minutes to forty five points type of thing. Is is kind of where I thought he would be, which was a little bit short of that. So the thing is, he is one of those guys who can soak those minutes. But you know, Sirenen coming back, he's going to be one of those guys. He's the the walk up if somebody gets injured. He plays the the balance of the game out type of guy. So yeah, I um I I, I couldn't talk anybody into buying him or not buying him. I sort of don't really have super strong feelings either way, but I'd be leaning no. Yeah, I'd lean no for as long as he's on the bench. Um, you definitely want him starting and getting that, you know, 50 minutes a week. And I don't think you're guaranteed to get 50 minutes a week unless there's injuries like last week. Yeah. Uh, that about covers us. I reckon we might just jump into these questions, hey? We'll see what we can do. going to be plenty of them, I'm sure. All right, so uh, we might come back to the general fantasy question. Uh, do we go Brooks to Dewey? Could be sideways, but Dewey looking like a general, genuine wing fullback keeper, averaging 53? I'd probably just go Turbo. Um, I think Turbo's going to average the same as what Dewey is currently, and he's, what, 120K cheaper? Um, I, like, if you've got Dewey, definitely hold him. He's, he's a great wing fullback, but, yeah, yep. I probably wouldn't be buying him this week. Yep, get Turbo and save 120K. Uh with Pap out, SST and Mom out, and Little and you, is it time to hang up the boots in 2021? <laughs> um, maybe. But actually, no, now that the team list drop, he seems he's okay with Takiyaho and Momorowski. Don't be so sure. Um, but the good news is you can probably just go Little to Turbo and have 17 there. Yeah. <laughs> I can't blame anyone for uh, wanting to retire. I've certainly considered it numerous times myself already this year. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you, you should be all right, mate. Just push through. It's a long season. Yeah, you're right. Just get Turbo for Little this week. You're good. Yeah. Um, and then is Turbo in a trade? No, I think you can hang on to him for a week and, and see what happens, particularly with your uh, decimated rest of your squad. I think he's trending towards trade stra- um, you know, tr- yeah. to trade status, but, yeah, he's not, he's not urgent by any means. No. Uh, Neo and Little to Sipkin and Tommy Turbo. Yes, please. Yes, do it. Uh, and then, yeah, wait a week on barrels. That's fine. Uh, need a better center. That's part of the same question. So getting Simpkin to wait on barrels. You're happy with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, need a better center option. Already have Peachy, Roberts, and Hampton. It doesn't seem like you need a better center option to me. Can you risk playing Roberts this week with Peachy out? Uh, with Pappy out, uh, was thinking to get Bird or Crichton, who now has DPP. Any other options you put in front? I'd probably just play Roberts the one week Paps out. Yeah, I'd, I'd just play Roberts. You know, he's 
I know he's got the potential to throw up a single-digit score, but he's also got the potential to put up a good score too, especially um, against Manly. That you know, there they should be some points in this game, and you know, he hopefully get, he'll get a try involvement. I, I think just for one week, it's fine. Yep. Uh, Verrill's his name, Charles. Yes, he is. Thank you for that. Yes, uh, Charles. Yes. And uh, Hampton or Bird. Now, there's actually an interesting layer to this one with the Chad uh, acquisition. Uh, I know it's for 2022 onwards, but uh, with Ramian coming in, um, they do have a, a few options there with Connor Tracy as well, uh, Dugan, uh, who can cover fullback if something gets injured with Sean Johnson back. I honestly will not be surprised if Chad ends up at the Cowboys this year. However, can you afford to spend an extra 120k on that question? I think if Chad is going to move to the cows, it's probably not going to be instantaneous. No. Um, well, they want to make sure Johnson's fit first. Yeah, exactly. You know, you want to have depth there. Like they've also got Trindle there as well, I suppose. So if you know, once they know Johnson's fit, you know, I, I could see them actually moving Chad on to. And having Trindle, Trindle there as their depth. Um, look, I'd, I'd probably go Hampton. Um, yeah, me too. You know, even if he's even if he does lose the spot in two months, he should make some good money in that time. So yeah, I'd probably go Hampton. Yep, I agree. Uh, so near the middle or edges, I have Crichton and a wing fullback. I have three hundred k in the bank. SST and Little can go. Uh, so six hundred twenty and five hundred twenty is what. How good's my math? Eleven forty plus three hundred. So let's say fifteen one point five million. You got to spend on two players, um, and you need a wing fullback and a mid. Well, Turbo is the obvious one there. So pick a, a an edge or a mid seven hundred k thereabouts or less. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'd say Haas, but you got to wait a week. Um, I guess with this. No, he's eight hundred and something. That's still one hundred and fifty k out. Oh, so what's his budget? 1.5 million. Oh, no, it's 800, isn't it? There you go. No, you're yeah, right. It's plenty. Okay. What are you talking about? All right. Maybe wait a week on Haas, um, but that would mean holding Takiyaho, which might be a problem. But you got Watson, Crichton, Fafida, Stefano. Yeah, I mean, you, you could always just trade, um, you know, cash Takiyaho out if you don't have like Simkin or Verrills or something like that and then just target two keepers next week. Yep. Uh, if you're absolutely desperate, uh, obviously Torhu and uh, Isaiah Papali'i, who are the two guys that you've mentioned, are fine. I'd lean Torhu if you're going to do one of those. Yeah, I'd definitely lean Torhu. I, I think Papali'i's, I don't know, I, I think he's a bit of a risk now at his price point. Um, yep. You know, you're definitely getting him at top dollar. And, I mean, who knows if he holds that edge spot. He could be going back to, you know, 55 in 50 minutes off the bench um, shortly once Madison's fit. Yep. Uh, if you're an overall player, another one to consider is Luciano Lelua, who has six scores over 50 and uh, is only 704K. Plays around 13 too. Yeah, definitely a, a, a good buy. Yep. If Takia is named, which he is, would we hold? Um, God, depends on if Radley gets suspended or not. I'm leaning no. I, I know yeah. I know Mark hates me, but I'm I'm thinking Takiyaho to Cleary this week for myself. I just can't do it to my mental health watching Bruce Willis just, <laughs> just destroy me every week. Um, I mean, if if you, uh, it's a tough one. I, I'm leaning towards Takiyaho being a sell. He's probably not an urgent sell, but he also doesn't look like a keeper either. No, 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you to move Taki Aho on. Um, wing fullback center, which should I go out of Farnworth, Hampton, and Stephen Crichton? I'm assuming that is uh, the obvious one there, as we sort of said, Hampton, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be going Hampton. That said, um, what's because Crichton's been going pretty awful at fullback, hasn't he? He's down to 420k. Um, I mean, I think he's one for the watch list maybe once he's back at centre, but, yeah, definitely going Hampton this week. Yep. Uh, who would we pick, Ponga or Turbo with 300k in the bank? Um, money's nice, but Tommy's hammies are not nice. Shun <laughs> um, the non-believer. Um, no, I think, you, I think I'd get Turbo. Yeah, I think I'd go Turbo too. I, I guess if you're really that risk averse and you've got no faith in Turbo, get Ponga. But um, I think Turbo's worth the risk, and he's gonna. He's if he as long as he stays healthy, he's significantly underpriced. Three hundred K is like twenty to thirty points difference in terms of what you can buy theoretically. Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis difference. Yeah, so I probably uh, would be inclined to spend that money elsewhere. Uh, I think that's all of them. Uh, oh, not a trade question. Who would we start and loop while Momorowski's out, Pap's out? So uh, pick two to leave out, uh, McCulloch, Simpkin, Alvaro, O'Sullivan, Walker, and Chad. Well, that seems like an obvious answer to me, leaving Walker and O'Sullivan out. Um, that being said, I'd probably loop Chad and O'Sullivan in case some sort of shenanigans happens. Uh, with the Sharks team. Yeah, I, like I'm a Chad owner. I'm thinking about putting Chad in the loop slot myself. I, I, I feel like he's going to score well this week. I don't think they're going to rush Johnson back in. I could probably see Johnson only playing about you know 20 to 30 minutes, similar to um, Blake Green, uh, his first game for the Knights. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, if, you, if you've got the luxury, put Chad in the loop slot. Yep. Where, do you, where are you at on O'Sullivan and Walker this week if you had to play one of them? I'd probably, uh, I'd probably be playing Walker, unfortunately, just like, because Sullivan's up against, the, yeah, just because yeah. Sullivan's up against the Storm. We know the Storm can just stifle teams. Yeah, no, I think the same. Uh, and with that, I think we're done. Um, anybody that's sent us direct message, don't do that. Comment on the things. We're not going to answer them on the podcast if you don't. If you direct message them to us, we get all the Instagram ones. Uh, oh, I did not get all the Instagram ones. All right, that's good. I'll get them quick. Where are you? Where's Rob? There he is. All right. Um, should I go for Munster or Frizzell? Um, if not any, who should I get for 749K? Um, I, I mean, if you're going to get one of those guys who I have sort of mid-50s projected, you probably should just get Luciano um, at 704K. Um, what about what about your man Pangai? Uh, yeah, Pangai is an option. Also, you could just jump on um, Turbo for 150, 250K less as well. So I assume you might need a wing fullback this week, Cooper. So uh, if that's the case, I actually don't hate just grabbing Turbo and using the 250K elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, if position doesn't matter, Turbo's there. Or even get Mitch Moses, he's undervalued. Um, I mean, you could even get on a guy maybe. Oh, yeah, Moses, yeah. Yeah, um, even Jake Jeroivic maybe if you want to do that to yourself. Um. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. No, I like uh, I like Moses. Mm. Yeah. Part the C's. Uh, yeah. 
part the C. What do I do with Brooks? Um, if you can trade him to Turbo this week, that's not a horrible idea. Um, but I think you can either hold or trade him depending on what else you need to do. Yeah, he's really he's sort of in a similar boat to some of these other guys where he's not a desperate trade, but at the same time, you're probably going to be wanting to look him on, move him on. Um, you know, that said, if you're playing overall, he does play round 13. So, yeah, I, I don't know. He, he definitely doesn't seem like a keeper, um, but he's also made a little bit of money now. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, if you've got no other fires, I'd maybe look at upgrading him or trading him to Turbo. Yep. Um, uh, Verils or Simkin? Uh, this week, Simkin. Next week, yep. Verils. Good. Uh, and Jeff, sick of having Roberts on his team. Um, he's thinking of going from Roberts and Leniu to Bird and Curran. Uh, I would say that's good, except get Simpkin or Verrills instead of Curran. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, I mean, you, you could always, if you if you really hate having Ro- uh, James Roberts on your team, you could always just get Nick Kotrick made and you could <laughs> <laughs> feel like pain. Do not get Nick Kotrick. <laughs> and if we ever tell you to buy him again in the future, ignore us. Uh, all right, so I actually remembered I was going to come back to this one from John. He loves asking us general fantasy questions, which I like to finish off on. So, so general fantasy question, how do you plan transfers for the buy rounds in round 13 and 17? Do we aim for a full 17 in each buy round or do you just roll the dice and some players missing out? P.S. Thanks for the tips last week. Simpkin and Hampkin were both great shouts. You are welcome, John. <laughs> I'm glad someone uh, benefited from our advice. It wasn't yeah. TK, that's for sure. And it wasn't all these people. I, I posted my buddy Captain Obvious Dave Vafita thing on NRL Fantasy Talk and all these people are laugh reacting it. He got 52. I did Crichton the last two weeks and I, I pulled it off him and he scored 38. What more do you want from me? <laughs> and, like, none of the other captaincy options did any better. Like, yeah, Captain no, they... Eddie were awful. Brayley was the best. He got 60. Like, he, yeah. he didn't lose I, anything. I was literally eight points away from picking the best option I possibly could. <laughs> yeah, people, some... t- hard markers, eh? They're, it's rough. It's a it's a hard life being a fantasy analyst, I tell you. Oh, mate. They they're, they're bloody, uh, yeah. Savvy. You should have just gone, you just gone uh, Captain Obvious, Captain Chad, yeah. mate. That, that and, then deleted, and then deleted my app. Um, it mate John in answer to your question um, as a typical rule there's two types of players that I get for the buy rounds which is keepers and cash outs so I mean obviously cash cows and cash outs can be in the same bracket but mate don't just buy uh, like sort of mediocre players so that you've got 17 because you're going to have to spend two trades one in and one out and it's not worth that 32 points that they're going to earn you that week or whatever. So, mate, for example, um, in round 17, a really good cash out option is probably going to be that Josh Cook or whoever that's going to play one week of hooker for Damian Cook. Um, I mean, in the round 13 by Ryan and I have sort of spoken a lot about it. So the Panthers and the Knights plus play that first buy. So you're looking at guys like Api Corusau, David Klemmer, um, Momorowski, and these sorts of guys, um, not Burton because he's going to be too expensive, mm. um, mate. And then, you know, Titans, you got your Brian Kelly, Tyrone Peachy. Obviously, Fafita is going to be in origin unless he's injured. Um, same with Tino. But, you know, someone maybe like a Sam McIntyre that might get some extra minutes, assuming that he stays cheap. He might be somebody that you might look at as a cash out. Um, who else? Broncos is Pangai. 
uh, Jermaine Asako, holding him. Also things like holding guys through the buys, like your Tigers guys, Dane Laurie, Simpkin, Okamano, all these sorts of guys. Yeah, you're like your Jamal Fogarty's as well. Um, and I think it's important as well, like when you're looking for a cash out in round 17, potentially look at a guy, like if you, you know, like Mark threw out Joshua Cook, um, look for a guy that's not only going to score well for one week and then become a red dot, but make sure that red dot is someone who has a pretty favorable schedule for looping over the past, like over the last two months of the season. Mm. Uh, you know, look for guys that are playing a lot of, you know, Saturday, Sunday games um, and definitely. Like I remember one of the old favourites was people would grab like Jalen Feeney about a couple of years ago and they'd get about eight points. Don't do that. Don't uh, get, you know, some of these just average guys just so you um, have a 17 to field, but they put, you know, yeah. 20 points on the board and, yeah, they're just useless. I think the sweet spot is about 13 players per round, somewhere in there, if you can mm. get. But what I have noticed is the, the round 17 buy is particularly – sparse and the round 13 buy is quite rich so you know you might be aiming at 17 and 10 or something like that like you know might be close you know like like right now i'm looking at guys like in my team at the moment without making any trades just for the first buy i've got braley connor watson Udo kamano uh fogarty kelly brooks laurie turpin simpkin alvaro um off the top of my head, and Momorowski. So that's 11 before making any sort of trades towards having a 17. Um, so if, any of those guys, if you can hold them through to there, that's obviously ideal. But don't, you know, stop yourself pulling the trigger on a, something like an Alvaro to paint ass just because you're worried about the buy round. So make to, a lot of teams won't have many players. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, 11 to 14 per week sort of a generally good. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I tend to agree, it, it, but it definitely seems like, uh, like you said, round 13 is going to be the one to target more this year. Um, a lot of people just naturally have players that are playing round 13 in their squad already, like Brock Watson and Brayley, you know, um, and it's probably worth holding like a guy like Stefano or Dane Laurie through that round 13 if you are looking for an overall points. Yep. Um, yeah, so just might even be like if you're looking at somebody – Say, like, last week I looked at Campbell Graham and Brian Kelly as the two guys that I was considering trading in, and Ke- Kelly plays the first buy and Graham plays the second buy. So I intentionally bought Kelly knowing that, you know, worst-case scenario, let's say something happens to Kelly or Momorowski, I can then go to the guy, like, in between round 13 and 17 who plays the late buy. So sort of I try to always target the first buy. So you've also got guys like Moses, Ryan Madison, Nathan Brown, um, even Isaiah Papali'i, he should be getting massive minutes over that Origin weekend. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a few there. Dragons, McCulloch isn't going to play Origin. Jack Bird shouldn't play Origin. So there are a number of keepers in that spot. You could realistically have a full 17 uh, of good players pretty comfortably in round 13, I would think. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I think well said. Cool. All right. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in. We're... Uh, an hour and 20 is not too bad. I'm going to go and make some dinner before I get my uh, castrated. <laughs> I'm uh, sitting here furiously refreshing Paul Momorowski updates at the judiciary. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll tweet out once we know the results of all that sort of stuff. Beautiful. All right. Catch you next time, guys, and enjoy your weekend of footy. And uh, make sure you do all the respectful things on Anzac Day as well. Don't uh, be one of those wankers that calls out during the minute silence. Yeah, no. Well said, Mark. Well said. Love you guys. (laughs)